welcome to another episode of My Best 11 podcast. It's fantastic, as always, myself, Andrew McMillan. Um, I'm so glad to be here. We have Marvin Johnson, ex-Luton pro and um, legend of Luton. How are you this morning, Marv? I'm very excited about this morning's guest, Andrew. Um, another Andrew, Andrew Kwamia, who came on loan at Luton, and we formed a really bond, great friendship. So I'm excited about this podcast. Yes, fantastic to hear. And um, so Andrew Kwamia um, came on loan to Luton for a little while, and he's been at a number of other clubs. Um, and you'll tell by his accent, spent a bit more time up north and down south. Um, so we're f- great to hear from you. How are you, Andy? Good. Yes, I'm absolutely fantastic um, and looking forward to, you know, sharing my best 11, really. Great. So what we'll do is we'll start straight away um, and delve straight into uh, formation wise. What have you gone for formation? I've gone for a 4 3 2 one okay? And that will be um, when we're uh, in possession, that's what the formation will be. When we're out of possession, we'll go back to the old traditional four-four. Excellent. So you play. You have to. You're going to have to do a lot of work on a training ground with your, with your team then, so to drill that into them. Um, from the names on the list, you'll you'll see that this this team won't need to be drilled in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. These these uh, players that are winners in their own right. You know they've been in. The, the deep end when it comes to football games. They, they're used to winning football matches and it was an honour and a privilege to share one game or one pitch with them, never mind, you know, watch how their careers have blossomed and flourished over the years. Fantastic. So we'll get straight into it then. Who have you gone for in goal? And as ever, listeners, those people, um, first-time listeners, what Andy will do is he'll give us a few clues. Uh, myself and Marv will have a few guesses and then you can play along in the car or commuting or whatever it is. So over to you, Andy. Goalkeeper. The goalkeeper I've played with is one that has um, played 625 times. Um, he's an overseas goalkeeper. Um, he's played in the German Bundesliga. He's also played in the top flight Premier League. I played with him at Bradford City. He then also went on to play for Middlesbrough and then went on and played for... Do you know him? Mark Mark Schwarzer. Woo! Yes, Mark Schwarzer. Wow. It's the Australian in me. A little bit of Australians rubbed off. I forgot about that, actually. I I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have given you the couple of clues that I gave you. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, Mark Swatzer. Quick story about Mark Swatzer. So we need a goalkeeper at Bradford. Uh, we're now in the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark Swatzer um, comes to us. In fact, we might have not been promoted then. We might have been in the uh, first division. Mark Swatzer, we're playing a game, or the team is playing a game against Manchester City Reserves. He's on loan from the team in Germany to Man City Reserves. He has an outstanding game. And it just goes to show you in football, anything can happen. He has an outstanding game. He comes to Bradford for a nominal fee, a small fee. And the, the clause in his contract is, if he plays a certain amount of games and a club comes in and offers more than £700,000, they can, he has to go, he has to leave. And that's exactly what happened to, to Mark Schwartz. He went from Bradford to Middlesbrough to Fulham to Chelsea. Mm. You know, 
international, blah, 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 blah. And he was, he was a trialist, basically, at Manchester. Wow. So, he, so even though he made a pretty big name for himself over here in Australia, um, uh, then he obviously went over there and went over to Germany and then ended up at Bradford. He's, he was pretty much having to trial himself in that way, almost like the old-fashioned way of doing it. He was established himself. And also, it was the time of the Bosman. And the Bosman ruling came in. So a lot of players were able to um, really look at their contracts in a different way and take um, the clauses and, and turn it around on the clubs and actually um, leave for free and join um, any club they wanted to, really. Yeah, he was a fan. What In terms of as a goalkeeper, what was he like? Was he, um, was he a funny goalkeeper? Was he a, a strict one? What was he like? Was he kind of one of these hard-nosed, crazy blokes behind, in the sticks? or No, he, he, to be fair, he was a funny guy, down to earth. Um, genuine, um, you know, typical Australian, bit of fun in him a lot of the time, but when he was in between the sticks, he was serious, he knew what his job was, you know, and um, he was outstanding. Um, I've got to give an honourable mention to Jonathan Gould, Eric Nixon, yeah. that also played really well when I've been with them at their club at Bradford, and um, Andy Rhodes at Barnsley that I played Was with. he there with Aidan Davison as well? <laughs> Aiden Davis, Aiden Davis, yeah. Oh, I've got to give him a nod. Go on, love, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mention, Aiden Davis, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, some good goalkeepers that, um, unfortunately, there's, I'm going to say this, um, when I played for England Youths, there were two things that they said that you had to understand about football. Um, and they would always come up. One was criticism. If you played for England, you were always going to get criticised. Everybody <laughs> could do better than you when you're in the yep. team. And the second was disappointment. Only 11 names can go on that team sheet. And that is the reason why the manager, at the end of the day, is ultimately responsible for the team. So, like Marvin said at the beginning, you know, we've got to realise that once those names are down there, everybody's there as a squad. And it takes 11, 11 players to win a game, but a squad to win a league. True. That's so, so true. <laughs> very true. Very true. So moving on to right back. Um, obviously, you probably came up against some, some great right backs when you, in your day. Um, but we're looking at who you played with yourself. Yeah, um, definitely some great right backs that I, I came up against and played with and trained against. Um, Honourable mentions. And got to say again, and I, I paid strict guidance to the rules, Marv. Andrew, I paid strict guidance to the rules. There were... Not a lot of um, players that I trained with. I had 11 clubs, so I got around a little bit, you know, after my injury. I trained with a lot of players, but these are players that I actually played with and took the field with and, um, you know, uh, had some good, good times with. Um, so this guy um, played non-league and then he came into the league. He's one of the players, few players that... He's one of the few players that has played in all divisions. He's got a Champions League winner's medal. He's uh, scored in all five of the highest divisions. Um, played in uh, the World Cup. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, it? yeah. Yeah, I've got I it. I haven't got it. I haven't got it. Andrew, go on then. If you got it, Andrew, go on. Steve Finnan? Steve Finnan. Wow. Yeah, baby. Oh, you're on fire, Andrew. Andrew, <laughs> that's fire. It's a Matt Menard on fire, boy. It's half past ten at night. Listen to me go. <laughs> So where was where would you, where do you play with him? Where was that? So I played with Steve Finnan. I went to Notts County in 1997. 
um, that the Finns was the right winger at Notts County. So Sam Allardyce was the manager. And basically, we had beaten a Blackpool team in the playoff semi-final the year before, um, or two, two years before. Um, and Sam Allardyce was the manager. And we were 2-0 down at home in the playoff final. Marvin, tell you what it reminded me of. It reminded me of when we, Luton, played crew. <laughs> it reminded me of that. Oh my days when we just didn't play. Rafa did not. Rafa did not play like Luton. They didn't play well on the day. We lost two 0 in front of seventeen thousand fans. Most of our away fans never went to that game because um, they felt that it, a two 0 deficit was too big a deficit to back. And against all odds, we beat them three three nil. And Sam, Sam Allardyce. Um, were knocked out. They were not Blackpool were knocked out, and we played Notts County in the fi- in the final at Wembley, and we beat Notts County two 0 And Steve Finnan was in that team. A few years later, I was on the left side. Steve Finnan was on the right side. Um, it was only later on when he went to Liverpool, Fulham, and then Liverpool, did he then become a right back? So Steve Finnan's the one who was my right back. Very good. Sorry, go on, Mav. I was just say, I'm just going to go back quickly about, you You mentioned about your injury and I just wanted to, to see if you could just like, I mean, because everyone's going to be thinking, wondering like about, um, you, you've mentioned it now, this is why I've brought it up. I mean, you was out of the game for four years, which is a long, long time. So maybe you can just a little bit, elaborate a little bit so that like the listeners can understand about what happened. Yeah. Okay. So when I was, um, 17, I played for about, I signed for Barnes and then I went to England and then I was one of the prospects that played with a lot of players that I will give honourable mentions later. However, while I was at, uh, I left Barnsley to go to Sheffield Wednesday for a small fee um, with... Um, what age would you do this? What age? I was 18. So the add-ons were going to go to about 100,000. David, one of the players also that I played with, um, had just moved to Sheffield Wednesday while I was at Sheffield Wednesday, I received an injury to my back, which I don't really talk about very often because it was one that was um, settled in court or out of court because of a negligence case. And um, part of that settlement was I was have to retire from football because I would not be able to, my body wouldn't be able to put up with the, the strenuous nature that the game offered you Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Um, so for... Four years, basically, I, um, I went to university, I studied leisure management, I did coaching, I was a coach for night, and I didn't play a competitive game for four years until um, I was in America, I was playing in a little pickup game, Marvin, you know the games where coaches play against the kids, you know, yeah, or the yeah. elite players, and I played in that game, and Playing in that game, there was a scout watching from, from England and Scotland um, looking at the young players of the American young players. And he was like, how are you not playing? How old are you? 21? Why are you not playing in England? And I said, because I can't play because I've been... <laughs> he said, listen, do you fancy doing a trial at Dundee in the Scottish Premier League? So I was like, I can't. I don't think I can play. He said, listen, you are, you are retired from England, not from Scotland. So you can go and play in Scotland. I got a trial at Dun- I got a trial at Dundee, and uh, Simon Stamer was the manager, and um, I just was so happy to be playing. Uh, I think we've had this discussion um, about it in regards to 
what Graham, your, your friend, uh, our close friend, Graham Alexander said about just playing, just mm. playing football, just wanting to play. And when I got that opportunity to play at, at, at Dundee, I was just overexcited and I gave it my best shot. And that opened up the door for me to then come back into England. And then when I came back into England, I was back on the road of trying to establish myself, myself in the game. But one thing I will say is I had so many clubs. And the reason why I had so many clubs was because my injury wouldn't allow me to be as consistent as I would, would have wanted to be. Because it was the back and the nerves in the back, they don't recover as quickly as other parts of the body. So I was still recovering even when I was playing. It, 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 I needed managing. These days, players need get a lot of um, man management, a lot of physiotherapy in, in during games, and I needed that. So I'm so pleased that I'm able to do this team because at one point in my career, it looked like I was finished. Wow. wow. That's an incredible Fantastic. story. That's an absolutely yeah. incredible story. And, and, and it's, it's, it's also, I know in different circumstances, obviously yourself, you said there was court cases and things like that, settled out of court. But it's also a message to other, other people that don't, don't ever give up. Um, don't give up on your dream and you know you've got quite the high profile situations where Glenn Hoddle takes some of the the kind of kids who've been thrown out the academies he takes them down to Spain now that's quite a well-known example where Eric Dyer's come out of Um, but it's but it's great to see that hopefully other people listening young young players listening who maybe don't make it as schoolboys trialists they can, they, can, they can still make it even ages 21, 22. And you've got players now increasing numbers that have come through the non-league system and make it in the Premier League. Steve Finnan. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, what we'll do is we'll keep moving on. Um, if that's right, Andy. Uh, move on to yeah. left-back. Who have you got in the four at left-back? Right. This is a, a player that um, I played with at um, Sheffield Wednesday. I played with him at Rotherham United. And I played with him at Bradford City. I played with him when he was 17, um, and then again when he was 24, and then we were promoted in that Bradford City team at Wembley together. So we had, we'd done the full spectrum together. Um, he's played over 505 league games. He's played in the Premiership. Um, he's a player that is cool, like all left-backs, really cool on the ball, cultured, you know, um, He's not going to, in my team, in my team, he's not going to be a player that is, he'll pick his moments to overlap, but his predominant, his predominant job is to defend. I want my defenders to defend. Uh, However, when they want to join in, when they want to join in, they can join in. No idea. Who is it? You're going to have to tell us. Wayne Jacobs. Wayne Jacobs. Wayne Jacobs. He played with Bradford City in the Premier League. He's played in. He's played at Rotherham with me, Sheffield Wednesday. He's been manager of Bradford City. He's got now. He's got a, a free school in Bradford. You know, and a real solid person, um, solid player. Um, would give the get the ball, give it to you one on one. Really good one on one, but also read the game very well. Very good reader of the game. Fantastic. Um, so, but you say he's a defender defender. He's not one of these... He's a defender. No nonsense. Um, you, you're going to see there's going to be a picture um, that really comes together in terms of my defenders being a kind of no-nonsense bu- bunch, clean sheet. I know Steve Finnan's going to be my up-and-down person. 
and he's going to leave these three um, really sometimes to um, look after the, the, the defence and um, be solid back there. You know, no nonsense. Next defenders that interesting. I was thinking there's going to be a, quite a few Bradford um, players in there. So I, I had another Bradford player in my head. Was I was going to mention, but I'm thinking he might be in the middle. I don't know. You might not mention him. He might be. He might be in the middle. So let's wait and see. I I I. There's Luton connections all over the place, Mark. <laughs> I've had to. I've had to. They're strong. You know, there's certain players that I've been after. You know, oh, let me just make sure I don't think it. Um, yeah, there's certain players that I just have to make sure that I give honourable mentions to. Okay. Fair enough. Let's move to centre-backs then. Either one. Woo! Okay. No nonsense. So, do I go with the one I like or the one I don't like, but he's in my team because I... Well, you pick someone you don't like. Ooh. Oh, my word. Really? That's really interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Go, with the, go with the one you like first then. All right. The one I like has played 504 league games, right? He's been a Marvin Johnson at the club. What, injured all the time? <laughs> <laughs> naughty, naughty. I had to say, um, come on, I, it was fair game. That was a fair was, game, Colin. I, 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 to be fair, to be fair, I can, I, I can take it. And you know I can take it. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I'm injured. Know, I know, I know. I'm playing yeah. up to 400 games. No, I, I mean, I no. could have played a lot more than I. I could have played nearly a thousand, oh, I suppose. Yes. So mate, a mate, mate, listen, from where I'm standing, those games that you played, the league you played, the people you played with, wow. There's lots of players <laughs> I played with that would have wanted to be in your shoes, Marv. I'm telling you, I did play half the game. Wow. Sorry. I'm, that was it. That I'm was harsh. Sorry, Marv. I apologise. Yeah, on air, Andrew, on record. Andrew, Andrew, the, Andrew the Marvin, I can dish it out so I can take it. Don't worry yeah. about that. The Marvin Johnson of his club was a one-club man. Yeah. That's what Who's I mean. Okay. And wait for the club. Well, I'm not the club? I'm, oh, you wait for the club? No. It's a bit too easy. If you take the club, let's. Um... I mean, if I gave you the club, you'll get it. So I'm gonna. So what I'm gonna say to you is, is one, is one the, is one the Premier League and the First Division. The Premier League and the First Division. Where's more? No. Oh. I'm just thinking Leicester or Brad um, Blackburn. And then oh. it has to be. It has. It has to be Bradford. Oh it no! I'll give you. I'll give you another clue. This is. See now it's gonna start getting easy. He's an England international, full international. One club man, though. Adams? Whoa! Tony Adams? Yeah. Tony Adams. Tony Adams. Has he had more than one club? No, 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 no. You're, you're oh, like, right. Okay, I, thought, I, was, I was nervous then. I was like, no, wow. No. <laughs> I thought, I, that's come out. Come on, this is going to be good. Where's this come from then? Yeah. Right. Oh, I England. Played. Yes, I right, played. Yeah. Yes, right. I don't know why I didn't think England. Of course, you can do England. Yeah, because yeah. you played at such a high we, level for England. What well an Andy! Yeah, we were, We played. At, we played in Ireland, right at Tolka Park. Sell out, sell out. Partisan fan, um, fans. I mean, the worst. One of the worst venues for terms of jumping on the bar barriers. You know the days of fencing. Jumping on the fencing, right. going crazy. England this, England that, blah de blah de blah. It's a cauldron. And um, our leader, even then, Tony Adams. Tony wow. Adams was the England leader in a team of Dale Gordon, Kevin Keane, um, John Beresford, Fraser Digby. You know, all those players. There was um, 
like my, myself with a, another player that I'll mention that I played with, you know, that did, that was our squad. So I traveled with the team, blah, 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 blah. But I didn't want to say that. But Tony Adams was that our center half in that game. Wow. Well. Wow. But you said he was a leader even, what was that, under 17s, under 18s? Under 17, he was a man. He was a man. <laughs> he, he, he bossed it. Uh, and, and I'm going to say this, there's been maybe a handful of players, probably three players, four players that um, were outstanding as youth players. And, but they were men. So um, Steve Redmond, Manchester City, he was a man. When he played, he was a man against boys. When Gaza turned 18, Gaza turned into a man. He was solid. We used to play against Newcastle, right, in the youth, uh, the youth team in the reserves. He was solid as a man, Gaza. You know, the, uh, another player, solid as a man. Loads of these players were men, really, uh, and not boys. They got their growth spurt <laughs> early and they could handle the physicalities of the league. And Tony Adams was, even then, like, no was no surprise even then was going wow. to be international player that everybody thought solid legend legend well, it's good to know he's the one you like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's a, he, and, and 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 i'm sure um the one when i talk about the one that i don't like right and when i say i don't like him i had him he was he's a solid player solid player but when i met him um in our team he wasn't very nice to me. Okay. Oh, that could be a good story then. Well, we'll move on to this story. And I'm really hoping, actually, it's a Luton player because this is going to be really embarrassing for Marv. <laughs> no, this is... No. So, the, the, the story behind it, and, and this is one of the reasons... Marv was, and this was a sleepless night, Marv. It, Marv was in there. But when I tell you about this guy, right, he has got... And it's, it's going to be easy. Because once I say who he is, not who he is, but what he's got. So he's played 424 league games, right? He's played for winning teams, European winning teams, right? He's played for, I'll give you this, Scotland. He's, um, obviously, you know, he's a centre-half. He's solid centre-half. Colin Hendry? No, not Colin Hendry. I've worked with Colin. He's bad. No, um, this, this guy... Um, he's probably a little bit older than he's at the top end of our, my era, you know. So he's, I was a young lad and he was a senior, and that's one of the reasons why I felt that he was a little bit stronger than he needed to be with me. Um, I'll give you his club, Nottingham Forest, Kenny Burns, Kenny Burns, Kenny Burns, yes, Kenny Burns, wow. Kenny Burns came, Marvin. Kenny Burns came to Barnsley, right? Wow. And when he was at Barnsley, he he played as a uh, obviously played as centre half, and he was also um, taking duties as a coach. I was coming through Barnsley, um, and and I was like happy go lucky, carefree. I'm a forward, so I did things and experimented, tried things. He wanted someone to be more rigid, somebody that was. Um, that left their foot in. Now, I had been with managers that had left their foot in, you know, and when I go to managers, I'll, I'll tell you from the manager's point of view why I saw things differently. But he was always shouting at Andy this, Andy that, Andy took in, Andy, Andy, another 10 minutes, I'm bringing you off, 
10 minutes, I'm bringing you off. If you, if you, if you don't, I was like, oh my, all game this guy, Kenny Burns, was like that. And to be fair, if he felt that that got the best out of me, he didn't know me. So unfortunately, you know, I had Kenny Burns, not for long, but it was long enough for me, that's for sure. <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, you're talking about, I spoke about this with someone the other day, is when someone's shouting like that on the touchline, especially coach, like a couple of times you hear it and then the next talk. game, the next game, the next game, it becomes just noise. You turn your ears yeah. off and you switch off. So there's no point. From after about three or four games, he probably like was just speaking to himself because you would have been turning the deaf ear because it's just noise in the end. It's the same old, same old, same old. Mal, I've got a, I've got a quick story because um, a friend of a friend of mine, when I told him about the Kenny Kenny Burns, he told me this story. So he told me Kenny Burns. I didn't I didn't know this, but Kenny Burns must have been a, a young player either at Birmingham or Forest, right? I think it might have been and Ron Saunders might have been a man. I think there was a at that time he was playing centre forward Kenny Burns, and there was a young. Uh, Trevor Francis at, at Birmingham City, right? So it must have been Thursday or Friday, and there might have been a selection problem, right, which, for the manager for Saturday's game. So um, after training on Friday, um, after training on Friday, Trevor Francis came in injured, and he'd had a clash with one of the players. And Burns. when asked Burns. about when asked about what happened in training, Kenny Burns said, "Well, the manager had a selection problem." And I've taken care of it for him. <laughs> wow, that's, that's old school. That is pure old school. Old school. Ruthless. 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 So the, I'm, I'm telling this, right? And don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying, when I said that story, they told me, well, Andy, don't be surprised because this is what everybody knew. Kenny Burns is wow. a ruthless person. Yeah. After a quick break, and uh, that's the end of part one with Andy Kawamia. Thank you for listening to My Best Living Pod. We are currently accepting applications for advertisement and sponsorships. You can reach us at mybestlivingpod or mybestlivingpod at gmail.com. Thank you. Great, so we're back for part two. Um of our episode for My Best Eleven. We're joined by Andy Kawamia. So far, we have in goal, Mark Schwarzer, right-back Steve Finnan, left-back Wayne Jacobs, and centre-backs are Tony Adams and Kenny Burns. So we'll move now on to um, the three uh, midfielders. Right, so again, um, this player has played at... Well, I'll go for my centre. This player has, um, was one of the youngest players... Um, to come to England and play at Dundee. He was Dundee's record signing at the time, 250,000, I believe. He is also um, played at, at Celtic. He is an international player with 30 caps. Um, he's, won the Celt- he's won the Scottish Premier League. Um, he is, I'll give you another cue, I'll make it easier. He's a Danish international. I still haven't got it. Loudrop? No, Loudrop. No way in hell would Loudrop have gone to Dundee. They were Rangers, Rangers, weren't they? Oh, he was a Rangers. Yeah, you're right. I'll give you you a clue, though. When Loudrop was the Swansea manager, he was his assistant. 
Wieghorst? Morton Wieghorst. Morton Wieghorst. Yeah, I couldn't remember his house, pronounce his name. Yes. Yeah. Morton. Morton played at Dundee when I was wow. at Dundee. Um, played centre mid, youngest player. In fact, I, I shared a hotel and then we shared digs together. Um, really good guy. Genuine, genuine good guy. Um, he overcame a serious illness when he was at Celtic and came, made a return. And that's why I, I admire him even more because of that. Um, but just also goes back to say that desire to play football, you know, it takes you through so many things. And um, yeah, Morton Vigas was um, 312 games, league games, and 30 Danish caps. And what age? And what age was he? And what age was he signed by Dundee? You say? Um, what age was he? 1819. 1819. Yeah. You know where? Um, do you know where from? I want to say Limbia, Lim, Limbia, something like yeah, Limbia. So he's come with a pedigree then. But wow. the age of eighteen, yeah. coming to another country, coming to, I mean, yeah. it's I mean, especially back then, it's very common these days because you have you have minders and things like that. But back then, you had nothing like that. Yeah, he was elegant, early Rolls Royce. Honestly, he could run, he could pass, he could shoot. It was no surprise he went to Celtic. You know, he was just an outstanding. He was a another leader. Excellent. So, uh, Morton Wighorst, yeah, it's a, that's a name I haven't heard of for ages. Um, fantastic player, I do remember him. So, who else is going either side then? So, on the right-hand side, I'm going to have a, someone who's, who's this man will get this. I'm, well, I'm not going to put him under pressure. Someone who's um, won the league with Arsenal, has um, won the FA Cup with um, Liverpool, he's scored in the FA Cup. Got it. Yeah. He is Go on, let's see if I didn't get it. 327 games for um, in the league. Um, two England caps. Um, close, close, close friend with the late, late, um, great David Rocastle. Um, oh, Mickey Thomas then. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Michael yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Um, played with Michael for England at youth level. Um, even then, he looked solid. He played right back, actually, for England. Um and one of the games, we were playing Ireland at Ellen's Road and we had training at Sheffield Wednesday and I was playing against Michael and in training, it got a little bit thirsty, you know, it got a little bit, it used to get a little bit tasty for, for England, you know, and, you know, you have the Southern boys thinking that the Northern boys are soft and the Northern boys trying to prove to the Southern boys that we're the toughest. So, you know, there's a little bit of niggle going on and in one of the games, um, uh, Michael got, he, we, me and Michael and I, I still uh, niggling with that, we got into a little bit of a scuffle one-on-one and, you know, our knees, our knees clashed. And, um, yeah, he was out for, the, for that game, which I was disappointed about because um, he was one of the players that I'd played with. We played in a tournament in Cannes um, in the south of France and uh, we played against Brazil and Italy and played against some really good teams. Uh, and he got, he got played the tournament. Wow. But then he went on to um, obviously go on from there. Um, I mean, how long was he at Arsenal for? So he was, he was at Arsenal from being a youth team player yeah. with the likes of um, De- um, Paul Davis, uh, Andy Cole, Kevin Campbell, you know, Merson, all those, all those players. And then he left after an aggressor. I've been, I was fortunate to be best man at his, his wedding. And um, I was also present on the night in 1989 when Liverpool got beat 
um, by two clear goals um, for Arsenal to win the league when Liverpool had never ever in that season been beaten by two clear goals. And it was the last time up until Sergio Aguero's goal against QPR, the league had been decided on the last day of the season. This was even bigger though, because it was obviously the two teams involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Massive occasion. And, and it was funny how, how it came about, how I ended up getting tickets was, um, obviously we'd always been in contact, but on the day of the game, he, we were speaking and he, he ran me back and he said, hey, do you fancy coming to this game? Um, Liverpool, I just, you got tickets? And he goes, yeah, at Anfield, there's, no one believes we can do it. No one <laughs> believes we can do it. Only, only the real fans are going up there and selling out the top. And so I've got a couple of spares. So I took me and my friend, a guy called Winston Campbell, drove over to Liverpool. And um, obviously um, the game happened. He scored, the last, um, scored with the last kick of the game. Now, this is a moment that no one will ever believe. Um, I only tell it to my nearest and dearest. They know this story. But after the game, Michael um, came out of the changing rooms and he was like, hey, come, came to, came to, the, to, to where we were outside the, the reception area. He said, hey, come, come, come into the changing room, come into the changing room. Now, one of the blessings that I'd had during that period of time in 1989, believe it or not, was in the period when I'd hurt my back, I had been going down to watch training at Arsenal. So I'd been staying with Michael, you know, watching training, hanging around with Dave Rowcastle, Paul Davis, the Arsenal contingent. So I'd got to know him really well. So it wasn't unusual for me to be in uh, the background while they were playing games or in, in the uh, lounges, the football lounges. You know, I would see them after games. So a lot of the times, when I was in the background and I went into the change room, this is what I was saying, on the day of that, that final, um, that decider, I went into the change room and I couldn't believe, like I was a fly on a wall, just sat there looking at these players, Paul Merson, and, and Alan Smith, Brian Marwood, David O'Leary, Dave Rowcastle, all in the change rooms, just celebrating because they'd won the league. And I was just a fly on the wall going, wow. This is what it's like to work. This is what it's like to work the first time. It was a real blessing um, that Michael bestowed on me that night so that I could just have that memory and share it with him. I almost, I almost took my hand then. Uh, Michael in 1989 was when? 21. 22, yeah. 21, oh, 22. 22, wow. Yeah, around about that age, yeah. Mm. And to score the goal that won in the league, um, puts his name in history books. I mean, obviously they've won it before, but to have that status of being the one, that person who scored that goal, it will never be the same for him for like for Arsenal. I and mean, then he'd be endeared by all their fans for the rest of his life. Yeah. Marvin, he tells this story uh, at the time and it was really indicative of what was what happened. So he's got his daughter's Dorian and Dorian would have been about three and he took her to... Um, Chesington Zoo the day after the, um, that, that, uh, that winning goal and he got absolutely mobbed at Chesington Zoo that they had to leave in the end because it was wow. that crazy. So one day later, normally he'd go out and everybody would be, yeah, Mike, how are you doing? But the next day, next day, he got absolutely mobbed just taking his daughter to Chesington Zoo. Wow. And when you do something like that, he deserves to be, not mobbed, but he deserves the, the adoration. Yeah, that... Massive recognition and um, 
you know, the resilience needed. Because mm. on that night, and this is, we can, like me, Michael and I, we talk about destiny and how things change your life. And if you ever go back and watch the game or highlights of the game, five minutes before Michael misses a chance similar to the one he scores five minutes later. And the reaction from the fans is a, such a different reaction, as you can imagine. It was more, he's useless. I can't believe it. We should have let him go. What the heck's he doing playing for us? Blah, de, blah, de, blah in the cop. And then the next, the next five minutes later, our life can just be spun on its head. Yeah. He's the best player we've ever had. He is a saviour. He is this. We love football. The fickleness of a football fan is yeah, brilliant. Yeah. We love football. We love football. <laughs> we do. So moving on to your next central midfielder, leaving Michael behind. Yes. Um, the other midfielder on the other side is a, a guy that has won the European Cup. He has also uh, won the Super, yeah, the European Super Cup. He has played. Let me have a look. Ah, I didn't have. I didn't have his appearances down. But I would guess he's played over 500 league games. Oh no, it's good. No, this is this is what made me 690 league games. 690. <laughs> Ten England caps. Um, he's played in the first division. It wasn't the Premier League then. He is one of the best players, um, midfield players that I've played with in terms of a range of passes. He he had a radar for a foot. He'd pick you out from anywhere, long or short. And on top of that, an engine better than any player I've ever come across. An engine. I'm going to throw it out there, but no. S Steve Hodge? No, not Steve Hodge. Not oh, Steve Hodge. I know where you're going. Carlton Palmer? Going. No. Older. Go a little bit older. Uh. I played it with this guy at Bradford. I'm not that this guy, England. Oh, hold on. I'll tell you. Let me give you. He's, on, he was a club at the coach where he made his name. Quite recently, God bless him, we've just found out he's got Alzheimer's. So he's living with that condition um, at the moment. Wow. Um, no. Um, European Cup. If I, said, if I said Sid, would you know him from that name? Sid, Sid, Sid. Oh. Okay. I'm going to have to give you it, Marv. Go on. It is. Gordon Cowens. Do you know what? Why did I not say that? I was thinking of him. I was thinking, I'm thinking, Gordon Cowens, I'm thinking, no, it's not Gordon Cowens. I, I was thinking of Gordon Cowens. I swear to God, I was thinking Gordon Cowens. Oh, I, I know. I, say it. Say what oh, you no. see, mate. Say what you see. <laughs> These are some great players. We're just having a brain fade. These are some cracking players. Hey, don't, don't worry. I forgive you. And if you want you. <laughs> Naming these players is going to twist everybody. It's going to blow. I've sat down and thought, listen, you better have played at least a few games with these guys because no one believed it. You walk up after your dream and some names on the paper. You're forgiven, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> the worrying thing is, Marv's probably played against a lot of these guys. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. Without yes, a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt. People like Wayne and Gordon Cowens. So, Gordon Cowens, give us a summary of Gordon Cowens. Oh, Gordon Cowens. So, this is a, this is one about his engine. So, my, my thing was conditioning, okay? One day, um, a friend of mine who was a conditioning coach told me that one day Sid um, lacked 
all the players in his team in a, in a fitness test, right? And that's no easy feat to do, right? That's not lads. easy feat. Lads. Sid lads, right, Marv? And you know when Sid had finished the race, he apologised to the fitness coach because he said he wasn't feeling too well and he felt he could do that. <laughs> wow! Wow! So, Whoa. yeah, that's, that's the kind of person Sid is. Sid gave you everything. His passing range. Now, I can publicly apologise to Sid because when I played with him at Bradford, I was coming back and, as I said, um, I was kind of still feeling, I've always, I was always feeling my way, so I wasn't always fit. And he got disappointed that I was sometimes in and out of the team and we weren't able to build a relationship and I wasn't making the runs that I was supposed to make. And I wasn't, but I was on accelerated learning, unfortunately. And those four years, those were the, those are always, Marvin, you're a coach and you've worked with some really um, established first team players and young players coming through the game. So you will understand what it is to miss those development years and then try and catch them up um, when you're a team pro. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Very, listen, very, very difficult. I mean, like I said, I mean, one of the, the main reasons, I mean, not just the only reasons why um, I wanted you on as a guest, because obviously, one, being our great friendship, but two, so people could hear that it, it's not all about um, a bed of roses, about, yes, I mean, the perception sometimes is that nice cars, nice houses, earn good wages, and you you got a pop star life. No, there is... Yeah the downside of when you have injuries and you're out for a long, long time, like you was yourself, which was, which is great for everyone to hear about. Yeah. And my, my vocation is life is, is, and this is again, the best 11 is being able to share those experiences. I've since leaving football, I became a learning mentor for five years in a school. I do conditioning, you know, and, and my, my message is always about never, 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 never give, give, um, take anything for granted, never lose sight of your dreams. You know, even if you can play 5, 10, 15, I remember Andrew saying on the teasing of the podcast, you only need to play one game to be able to demonstrate that you've achieved the level that's necessary to be called professional player. You know, and that is in itself an achievement. So my 100 games or 150 games and 12, 17 clubs at different levels, you know, is an, is an achievement that I'm proud of. I've won the Vauxhall Conference. I've got promoted with Bradford to the Championship. I went to not County when they won the second division. You know, I was part of a, um, Dr. Martin's winning team with Nuneatonborough. Those are all achievements that some people look at and go, yeah, but that's not. But for me, that is everything because that was what I put my images into. No, you're right. You're right. And, and I think that's a message that everybody does need to hear. And, and those things, you look at most fans and most fans will give their right arm mm. to win one of those things, to, to, to step out for, for five minutes to, to play for their, I mean, look at all the stands. I know stands are empty at the moment, but any, any of those people in the stands normally would give their right arm to swap places with any of you guys for, for a matter of 30 seconds. Um, to walk on the pitch and, and just to take that moment. So, um, no, you're 100% right. And, and, and I also want to say, and this is a, a massive testimony to the Luton fans, because, yes, we have a lot of fans that support football, but there's no place like home. And one of those home venues I can talk about is Kenilworth, Kenilworth Road. And 
how tight and intimate that ground is and how it's a thing of like a thing of beauty i've got to say that you know every club has got their stadium you know their place where they they go and, and pay homage to their team and that is kind of a flood is like a mecca for me when when i went there i couldn't believe the amount of noise that came out of that place and you know the uniqueness of having that low stand on one side of the pitch, you know, with all the boxes in, you know, it, 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 it made it so much intimate and the, friend, the friendly atmosphere of the people around the ground, like, like Cherry, for example, the secretary, you know, she was a wonderful person, a wonderful woman, you know, and um, those little things, Lenny Lawrence, the perfect in that environment, you know, a great guy with um, a great sense of humour, you know, somebody who you wanted to be around. And then in your changing room, you've got Tony Ford and you've got Marvin Johnson, you've got Mitchell Thomas, you've got, yeah, you've got McLaren, you know, you've got um, Graham Alexander. You've got a lot of character in that change room that are winners, you know. So it was a real privilege for me to be in that change room trying to play football. Just going back to what you just said there about the 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 stadium, and it's funny you should say that. I mean, once you I mean I finished playing, you and you meet old players who you played against. It's the first thing that comes out of their mouth was like, "Oh my gosh, oh, I actually hate playing you in that like, little place because it felt like they used to say it felt like the fans were so on top of you and you could hear everything." And that's what. Well, I think gave us an advantage a little bit because like we got used to it playing there all the time but anyone who came there like once every like 42 or whatever it is game it's like whoa they're not used to the supporters being there on top of you and so close you know what I mean and walk down the tunnel your shit ah, oh, oh, what's going on there like you know what I mean so yeah it was definitely a beautiful place and, and, I, and I mean that uh, in terms of but the, the fans the ground and then the camaraderie in the change room. It, there was a, a, a different kind of spirit at, at, at Luton than a lot of the 17 clubs I've been to. You didn't have to manufacture the going out, the bonding. It seemed to be always there. It seemed to be there as a, as a family club. Yeah, as a family yeah. club. <laughs> That's great to hear as one as a Luton fan. That's great to hear. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, so moving on to your what are you gonna say? Wing forwards, wide forwards, centre forwards. What are you what are you playing? Your you said two. Are they going to be wide or in the middle? They're going to be in the middle, but they they can operate operate wide no problem. What they're going to do is they're going to find the gaps, the spaces, and pull the strings. And uh, first and foremost, this this guy has played. Um, 541 league games. Um, he's played in England and Scotland. He is, um, for me, one of the most technically um, gifted players. Uh, one of, not the, one of the technically most gifted players I've played with. He is a genuine person. Um, I played with him in Scotland. He's, he's, he's a semi-finalist. is uh, a runner-up, FA Cup runner-up. Uh, finalist with Queen's Park Rangers. He is somebody who you could play up top on his own. He would bring people into the game. But when I played with him, he was somebody who just um, made things happen, pulled the strings and brought people into the game around him. And you, do you know? He played for 
Sheffield United played for Sheffield Wednesday. He played for Aston Villa, QPR. I don't know. I've, I mean, I'm trying to think of the time and the era, but I, I just can't yes. think. Okay. Um, played for Terry Venables at QPR. Know, not, not the one who managed you, did he? Say it, Marvin, say Simon it. Simon Stainrod. Yes, baby. Simon Stainrod. Yeah. Simon Stainrod. Simon Stainrod. Stainrod. Simon Stainrod. What a player. What a player. In, in games, um, he's, he's a legend, he's an absolute legend. He's a legend in, 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 in Sheffield and around in England, QPR, you know. But in Scotland, he's in Falkirk and Dundee, he's got legendary status because he kept him up in the Premiership um, when they had no money or they had a few players around them, you know. And he later went on to become manager, um, really genuine guy, understood. He was the guy that I, only he, have managed me when I came back in terms of um, the understanding that was needed, you know, to understand that I wouldn't be available for every game. He saw how hard I worked. He, he could mm -hmm. see uh, my benefit to the team, you know, and he was the one that gave me a chance when um, everybody else thought really uh, wasn't able to make the comeback. But he gave me that chance and I will always be indebted to him. But more than that, he was a player that I admired, that I admired. Was he player manager? Was he was he player manager? He was he was player manager at Dundee um, when he came, and um, we stayed up in the. We were one of four teams that um, were favourites to go down: Falkirk, Airdrie, Partick Thistle, and ourselves. And we managed to beat the drop. So he did a fantastic job, absolutely amazing job with um, the players. He was the one that signed Martin Vigurst. You know, we had another player in. Um, Jim Duffy that was in there. We used to play against the likes of Duncan Ferguson, who's probably one of the best centre forwards I've ever ever come across, and Big Dunk. But yeah, those 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 tear derbies. Let me tell you, wow! Across the two clubs across the road from each other on match day. Oh my word! I played in some derbies for that tear derby again. Like the a bit reminds me of Luton actually, the um, Dundee United's ground because it's also a tight and intimate ground. So the fans are on top of your mouth, you know, and right. um, no love lost between the Dundee United and the Dundee fans. <laughs> Same as a game coming up, well, obviously um, soon, when they're going to be playing this season, Luton versus Shford Town. Um, <laughs> I don't like saying their name. I, don't, I can't say their name. It's like, it's just horrible. I, I don't want it in my mouth. I just, I just can't say their name. So anyway, moving on. I don't want to talk about them. All right. Moving on. So moving on to your other central attacking midfielder. The central, other second central attacking midfielder is somebody that, um, when I was at Bradford, supplied me with one of my goals. I had a really good um, on-the-pitch relationship with him. Um, he was a player that um, played for England. He played, um, he's won the League Cup. He's um, also somebody who um, has played in the World Cup. Got it. Uh, yes, Marv? No, no, Andrew. Let Andrew. I'll see Andrew. Yes. Okay. He's played in the World Cup. He's a World Cup semi-finalist. Um, he is one of the oldest players to continue playing the game. I think some people might not realise, like you said, that he's one of the oldest players playing, that he actually played for them. Because obviously, I mean, and he, and he can still do a little bit on the wing. And yeah, on the wing. He should be on the wing he's more. He's doing bits. He's doing yeah. bits. When, when, I, when I played with him, um, he was pulling the strings 
I'll tell you a quick story. We played, we we played one of his old clubs in um, the FA in the FA Cup. But the game before, all the papers were saying we're going to mark him out of the game. We're going to just keep him on his on his right foot. You know, make make it difficult for him. Blah de blah de blah. And in the next game against Barnsley, he was playing. I was playing on the left. He's playing on the right. He cuts in from 25 yards on his right foot and puts it in the stands. We all run over to him. Somebody puts their, the bet goes down on one knee. We get his right boot. We just start pretending to sign it. <laughs> Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, Andrew. Top Waddle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you got him. You got him. Chris Waddle. Chris Waddle. The Waddler. What a player. Yes. What oh, an amazing, player. amazing player. And I had the, the pleasure of, imagine, Marvin, I told you, I didn't play football for four years. And then I end up over many seasons getting my way back. And I'm travelling from Sheffield. And guess who's beeping outside my house to pick me up to drive me to death with Chris Waddle. I am like a kid in a candy shop. I'm asking him <laughs> questions about the World Cup. I'm asking him questions about playing with Gaza. I'm asking I'm a proper fan in the car. I'm asking him about what was it like to play with Keegan? What what was it like to play at Marseille? I'm asking what was it like to play with Jean-Pierre Papin? You know, what's it the Brazilians you played with? What? Like I, I drained every bit of information out of him. His ears must have been burning when he came out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> what was he like as a, as a man? So he said he was quite a friendly person, picking you up, obviously, um, which was lovely to hear. Uh, what was he like, obviously, kind of post-World Cup? And obviously, he's also the type of person that loves a good sing-song as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what was he like as a man? He was an absolute star. Absolute. He was... So, this one is one of my favourite subjects because it tells me that you can be an absolute superstar and mingle with anyone and everyone and, and bring them together. And um, quick story, when we got promoted to the championship, we were desperate for some. We'd not won a game. We'd not lost a game in nine. So we'd drawn a lot of games. We'd not won a game. Yeah. And we'd drawn lots of games. And our problem was we didn't have that spark. We didn't have that spark. And we just come up, so we didn't have lots of money. We weren't splashing the cash. Oh, we weren't splashing the cash. So what happened was, um, Chris Waddle. So we were, we were, sorry, going to the service station. And when we were got to the service station, we pulled over, and we were like, "Why are we pulling over? We're going to B- Birmingham." We're on. And as we pulled over on the service station, we saw a registration number, and it said Wad One. And when we pulled up at the side of the, the car, Chris Waddle got out, got on the. Everybody started popping. (laughs) Let's go! Let's go! (laughs) So that was that was Chris getting onto the change squad. You know, in the change rooms, he just brought everybody together. He was a bond. Um, We went out on a on a players' night out one evening uh, in Blackpool, and obviously big groups. We went to this. We're going to this restaurant bar. Going to the bar. And it was it was getting mobbed. So some of the players said, "Oh, we're going to go on to the next bar. We'll see you in the next bar. See you in the next bar." But um, Wads was getting mobbed, signing autographs, blah blah blah. blah. Finished signing signing autographs. Got to the next bar about five minutes later, and all the players were stood outside. And Wads goes, "What are you doing? Why are you not going in?" He goes, "Oh, they're not letting us in. Says so there's too many of us." He goes, "Oh, that's a shit." 
He said, just give me a minute. And just as um, the, the players parted, right, the bouncers looked and saw it was Chris Waddle. And they all went, oh, Chris, in you come. Are these with you? Yeah. All right. In you come, lads. No problem. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so that was that was Chris Waddle. Now on the pitch, so the insight he gave me on the pitch, he used to do things unbelievable. Like for example, he'd say to me, right, Andy, right, if if a referee gives a free kick at the edge of the box, right, I want you to um, when when he starts counting, I says, so he goes when he starts taking the wall back, he said, I want you to go as he starts going five, six, seven. When he gets to eight. And nine, right, be on your toes because I'm going to play the ball down the side of you. So it's like, be on your toes. So goes go on the end of the wall. Referee goes to, and as the referee comes to him, he goes, ref, can I take a quick free kick? So referee goes, yeah, okay. So he puts the ball down. Referee goes, right, 10, ten yards back. That's counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wall starts jostling. Eight, nine, plays me in, down the side. Cross the ball, boop, balls in the net, referee, goal. Everybody's looking around going, how the heck did this happen? Ref, we weren't ready. <laughs> we weren't ready, ref. We weren't ready. So just that kind of insight yeah. was like on to another level. On another, like he, he, he was playing with eye contact. You know, he, he didn't talk to you. He just gave you eye contact. When I was coming back into the game, I was running around looking busy, 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 looking busy. And then. You know, when everybody's been busy around, just stand still, just stand still. Let people move, 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 move. And then you'll just get the ball and go. Like a genius. Yeah, absolutely. And if you ever want to know how much of a genius he, he, he was, he is, we played at Everton in the FA Cup, right? In the fourth round, we played Sheffield Wednesday in the fifth round. In the fourth round, we go to Goodison. Joe Royals, the manager, they've got in their team... Andre Konchelskis, they've got Big Dunk Fergus, they've got Terry Phelan, um, they've, they've got a solid team and they've got Neville Southall in the net and we're in the tunnel, right? We're in the tunnel good before the game and as we're walking out, um, Chris Waddle turns to Neville Southall and he says, just stay on your line. Nev, stay on your line. <laughs> and we're like, anyway, in the game, right? And we end up beating... It's a magnificent performance. We ended up beating Everton at Everton. But Chris Waddle robs, from a corner, Chris Robble, Waddle robs Andrzej Konchelskis Kanchelsk, at the back, just in the halfway of the D, right? As the ball's straight, he runs onto it and magnificently chips Neville Southall from, got to be 34 yards, 35 yards outside the box. Southall's <laughs> It's an amazing goal. One of the best ever goals I've seen in, 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 in life. So that's Chris Waddle. I could tell you, in, 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 in training, never scored a penalty in training. Never <laughs> scored a penalty in training. The lads used to rib him terribly. They used to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's no pocket. Well, okay. we'll move on to the forward, just in case it all goes yeah. Pete's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and the forward is somebody that I played with. Um, we got to the semi-finals of the Youth Cup together. We I've been trying not to say his name all, all, all morning, afternoon, evening. Um, <laughs> he's somebody that is a goal scorer, um, prolific. So you guys, you guys fought and respect due to Tony Falk. 
he was a prolific goal scorer at Luton. But this guy, right, scored goals for fun, um, especially with his head, uh, especially with left or right foot, power, finesse. Um, also, uh, you know, he, he was... I'm just going to say, you said to say, I'm just going to say, Robbie Fowler. No, not Robbie Fowler. Okay. No, no, Andy no. Cole. Andy more, Cole. Of a, more of a Yorkshireman. More of a oh, Yorkshireman. That goes my Andy Cole idea. Oh, um, um, David Hurst. David Hurst. David Hurst. David I played Hurst. with him for England. I played with him for um, Barnsley. We uh, were the dynamic duo, even if I don't mind saying so myself, at Barnsley, getting to the Youth, <laughs> get, get to the youth Cup um, semi-finals. Um, with Ian Knight and um, Wayne Scargill, but we basically, Ersty would flick to me, I'd try and score, or I'd get to the byline, Ersty would knock it in. The simple but effective, you know, and um, he's a player that, go on, he's a player that, um, like Wayne Jacob, we grew up together, you know, used to do things together, you know, go on England duty, you know. Um, Funny story, when we came back from England at Barnsley, talk about old school, Marv. Um, they called us into the office and uh, the manager called us into the office and said, right, here's a mock, uh, a mop bucket and a mop. We want you to go around the, the ground and clean out all the uh, urinals. You know, well, welcome, welcome back. Welcome back. Wow. But I remember David Hurst, I mean, especially more so when he was at Sheffield Wednesday, I think. He made that name. He was scoring goals for fun. He went pace, power. He was like, he's yeah. in the air. He had a rocket of a left foot shot. Do you know what I mean? And at skill. So, I mean, what a player. Real top, top player. Yeah. And we, we, we often talk about this, Ersty and I, because um, what happened was um, Sheffield Wednesday received a fax from Manchester United and offering four million for David Erst and Erste was so upset because he never saw the light of day. That's how much they valued David Erste. Wow. Wow. It's a lot of money as well in that day, in that, in that time. Four million. Yes. Yes. A lot of money. A lot of money. And it, it's funny because Sheffield Wednesday have a reputation of going for players and, and not establishing. You know, I live in Sheffield and one of the stories is, um, Alan Shearer came to Sheffield Wednesday and didn't sign him, you know, so it just goes to show you sometimes they get it so, so wrong. So, yeah, so wrong. yeah. Um, well, Hursty's, that, Hursty's kid's at Leicester, George, isn't he? Is it Leicester, isn't he? He's just gone to Rotherham on loan. He's a, he's a solid, solid unit. He's tall, taller than his dad, different player than his, his dad. Well, that sounds like a ripper of a team. Um, and thanks very much for that. So, who is going to lead yeah. this band of merry men? Which manager's going to be able to lead them? Right. So, honourable mentions to Lenny Lawrence, Keith Alexander, Chris Kamara, you know, um, Simon Stainrod's in my team, so I don't have to give him an honourable mention because he made the team as a player manager. You know, um, the, the manager and two assistants I've, I'm going to have. So, That's the first. <laughs> Trust you to be different. A manager and two assistants. He's got a whole what? coaching team. He's got an under-23 uh, manager, a ball boy. What about the physio? I'm a kit what, man. What? Get the kit man in there as well. I've got them all for you, Marv. Don't worry. I've got them all for you. I've got them all. This, but I'll run them off quick. Honorable major. Right. So, yes. So, the manager is only one person can manage um, Kenny Burns for me. And if it's not Brian Clough, 
who was. The guy that I'm nominating is a guy called Norman Hunter, rest his soul, that's just passed away. Norman Hunter was my manager at Barnsley when I first went there. Now, when I went to Barnsley, um, I was a young lad, youth team player, no, 14, 15, 16, just got going in there, right? Imagine, I go in on trial, I've got Sheffield Wednesday that want me, and the manager's Jack Charlton. I've got Bradford want me, the manager's Trevor Cherry. I've got um, Leeds United want me, the manager's Don, um, Billy Bremner. So they're all Leeds legends in the Yorkshire area. And then I go to Barnsley and Norman Hunter, Norman Hunter wants me. I've had a great time at all the clubs. And I'm thinking that I just, Norman Hunter, after training, invites me and my brother Chris. You know my younger brother Chris? Hey, hey this, this team, everybody will think, that's, your, that's Chris's team. That's not your team. <laughs> uh, so my younger brother, Chris, uh, we, we walk in and um, Norman goes, come in, son, come in. Andy, how are you doing? Well, I've been watching it. I'm very happy. I'm very happy. He says, what I want you to do is open that cupboard there. I open the cupboard and there's boots stacked high, high, high. He goes, help yourself to a pair of boots. Son. And so I'm size eight. Uh, you at school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll need some trainers as well. Yeah, 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 I need some trainers. Okay, go get yourself some trainers. So I walk, I put them down and goes, welcome to, welcome to Barnsley, son. Welcome to Barnsley. I was like, I'm not, I was thinking to myself, I've not signed, but he know deep down that nobody would treat me as well as he treat me. And what he did is, he also said to Chris, Chris, you younger bro? Yeah, on you go. You go help yourself with some trainers. You help yourselves to some boots. Came in, put them down. I don't need to tell you that. It was a done deal after that because those incentives, boots as it was, that incentive was enough to, for me to go, you know what, this guy's going to take care of my well-being. My two assistants, I had to say, I had the youth team guy, the youth team, my youth team man was a guy called, uh, a player called Bobby Collins. So Andy, have you heard of Bobby Collins? No, no. I haven't heard of him. I'm older than Andy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Really? I haven't. I'm being. Yeah. I'm being. I haven't heard of him. Bobby Collins, man. Bobby, Marv. Bobby Collins is the reason. The reason why I love football. He's the reason. He's a Scottish international, right? He is the person that is um, given the credit for showing the Leeds team how to dig, how to kick. Giles Bremner. Don right. Revy signed him. Don Revy signed him, right? Before training, this is why I, this is why I love this guy. Right before training, he would come into into the training ground. We'd get chairs, go onto the training pitch, and Barnsley's pitches are side by side. And he'd walk in and he'd go, Hamden Park, 1963, 143,000 fans, Sonny. Uh, um, it was raining, true or false, true or false, Sonny. I, I'm not, I, I'm not going to swear, but he used to swear, right? So let's go. So he'd look at you really serious and he'd go, true or false, Sonny, true or false? And I'd say, false. And he'd say, it's true, Sonny, it's true. 165,000 fans, Hampton Park, England versus Scotland. Go look it up, go look it up. He'd be like, wow, this guy, his character, his personality, right? He, he was probably the key guy in this, in this league team. Now I've finished. <laughs> That's that that listen, that's fantastic. I mean, listen, there's some great like insights there. I mean, we just like to thank you firstly um for coming on here and being a guest, but also a little bit, I mean, I know you might go down a little bit of a tangent here because you won't be able to do this quite short because 
what are you doing now? And you mentioned a little bit earlier on about your um, performance and helping people. You also helped out a team, Huddersfield, to go unbeaten for 43 games with the performance and the nutrition and the health and the fitness stuff side of it. Can you just like elaborate a little bit about that? Yeah, um, when I finished football, I was fortunate to um, be under the tutelage of a guy called um, Edward Byronowski, who was um, conditioning coach for Blackburn um, when they won the league, Blackburn Rovers when they won the league with Kenny Dalglish. He was also a conditioning coach at Sheffield United when they were 12 points off the Premiership um, relegation. Um, this guy was a remarkable guy and he saw something in me early doors in regards to conditioning. Uh, he took me into Leeds United in 1999-2000 where I worked with the Leeds United team that had um, Harry Kewell, Alan Smith, Mark Viduka, um, Burns, Jacob Burns. I said that for you, Andy, because I know you you know the Australian contingent. Um, I do. Yeah. Um, I started my own conditioning business and I've been working with young players, um, conditioning them during the season and the off-season, in pre-season. Also doing coaching um, in the States um, with scholarship. Some students that are trying to get scholarships in the States. Um, I've also go to Australia working with um, Gary French, who's a good friend of mine. One place, I've got to tell you the story before we go, the last story I'm going to tell you. <laughs> we play for England, right? We're playing for England. We've got a training day. And the training day is players that didn't make the squad or have been missed for whatever reason come into the club. This kid turns up, right? Ragged, just turns up with his boot bag, just dodges up to training, gets changed as... Everybody knows he's coming, sits down, he's, he's on the trialist team and we've got our established team and we're playing. And as the team's set up, I get the ball, I dribble, blah, 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 and I create a space. Obviously, I cross into the box, keeper catches it in this trialist game and throws it to this player. This player gets the ball and dribbles past four players, rounds the goalkeeper and puts it into the goal, right? We're all just like, what? This guy... Turned to him, said to him, hey, what's your name, mate? What's your name? Oh, Matthew Letizia. <laughs> wow. That was Matthew Letizia, 17. The rest, the rest is history. Look at them goals he scored, good. flicking over so-and-so's head. Like, goal against, um, who was it? Was that, was that Liverpool? He scored that goal? When he He's flicked over against- a couple Blackburn, Liverpool. Blackburn, yeah. yes. Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. 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 Mate. Unbelievable, right? I and and I, I Andy, I adhered to your rules. It, that was a training game. It wasn't <laughs> an actual match. So that's why if anybody's saying, "Hey, you want me? Why didn't you make that team? Letizia should have made you." Mate, I never actually played in the league game with him. <laughs> I, that's, they are great stories, and I'm gonna have a hell of a time trying to edit these and trying to work out. What order to put them in? It could be the first one. It could uh, be Andy Kwamia part one, Andy Kwamia <laughs> part two. It could be the first. It could be the first episode. Hey, Bob, thanks. But listen, this is the first time, and I and I mean this. I've never talked about my injury. Never talked about my injury. Not got my case study out or nothing. First time I've actually gone through this. So I hope it gives you what you wanted. It's longer than I wanted to, but I can't do it any other way, mate. 
It's fantastic. Listen, listen, this is what Andrew and I have always said. I mean, at the end of the day, you're the guest. And as much as like we're the co host we host the show, it's it's your it's your platform. Mm. Like we like to hear from you and we hope the listeners want to hear from you and, and some of the stuff you've we've brought up has been fantastic about Waddle and the your your back um injury mm. and the players and the career you've had. I'm mm. I'm sure like you said at the start of it that people are gonna go what he played with him? What he played with yeah, him? Yeah. What? So it's fantastic. Like we said, it's about the guests um, talking and explaining about their eleven and about a little bit about their background and what they're doing now and the players and a little bit of the camaraderie what went on throughout their career. So it's been fantastic. No, cheers, yeah, Bob. You're not. You go on. Andy. No, thank you. I was going to say thank you so much. It's been awesome. Talk. It's been awesome meeting you and talking to you. Thank you, Andy Kwamia's my best eleven team. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, you can subscribe at My Best 11 Pod and leave us a five-star rating. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at My Best 11 Pod. Email mybest11pod at gmail.com.